Hi, my name is Barry Sterling Mitchell. I produce the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings and the Bias Plus Reports, and this is Ben and Barry on football. Hello out there. This is Ben Dickerson, your co-host. Uh, don't have a new mock draft for you, but there hasn't been any movement as far as draft picks is concerned. However, there has been some player movement that's very interesting and could or could not have something to do with how teams draft. So we got plenty to talk about. I'm ready. Absolutely. Um, we have a number of things to talk about, Ben, in the world of football, uh, even though nothing is kicked off. Actually, they're playing, uh, I think they're actually playing international football. They're actually kicking off around the world, although the NFL is not in season right now. And we like to talk about football in, in terms of that. Matter of fact, um, we just had a recent uh, signee from the international football world into the NFL. So, uh, yeah, it's all coming together, man. And we have a special guest, Nina on the radio. Our sponsor, the person who shared the, this, the, the opportunity for us to be on the radio with her online on WJRL953.com. So in a minute, let's bring on Nina. We want to welcome Nina should I say Nina on the radio? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that, that is your official tag, right? <laughs> I'm Nina. Uh, actually, Sunrise Soul with Nina. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, again, this is Ben and Barry on football, and our special guest is Nina on the radio. Look, we are originally a YouTube group. We just put the stuff up on YouTube. Then we got a podcast, and then this lady gave us the opportunity to be on the radio. Oh, on yeah. the radio. <laughs> how many scenes? Hey, ben, how many scenes have we seen in the movies where the guy hit himself on the radio for the first time? Oh man, I was just—you know—every time the Five Heartbeats comes on TV, I watch it, right? Oh man, it's on. I stop what I'm doing and I watch the movie. And when they heard themselves on the radio, they went bananas. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't quite that worked up, <laughs> but it was exciting. It was exciting. So Nina, this is Ben Dickerson. If you hadn't had a chance to be introduced face to face, you're doing it live on Ben and Barry on football. All right. Well, uh, hey, Ben, I, I just want to be where you are. I see those bottles in the background. I'm like, geez, I'm ready. Yeah, you know, I, I try to keep it a little uh, relaxed environment here, you know. Uh, okay. Show, show, show her what today's specialty is. Today's drink is... Oh. Oh, oh, okay. Yes, I, I am familiar with that. <laughs> okay, very good. <laughs> Nina, just tell us a little bit about your timeline and your geography and where mm -hmm. you are now. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm originally from Ohio, but I'm from a small town on the river. So uh, like you cross over the bridge and you're in Weirton, West Virginia, you go 20 more miles and you're in Pittsburgh. So mm -hmm. even though we're from Ohio, we are Pittsburgh Steelers fans to, mm -hmm. to the death. We, we go back to uh, Terry Bradshaw days. Uh, oh, <laughs> Wait a minute. If I remember, what city are we talking about, Nina? I'm from Steubenville, Ohio. Steubenville. Yes. Home <laughs> of Dean Martin. Steve <laughs> Martin, are you serious? Am I correct? That's right. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> so I'm, yeah, I'm a Pittsburgh Steeler fan, you know, so, but uh, uh, for life. But really, you know, I, I wanted to start off, you know, repping them, but really, you know, my uh -oh. heart. <laughs> oh, my oh no. I can't take it. Wait. <laughs> my heart, my heart. <laughs> Oh my! I'm, Ohio, I'm Ohio State Buckeye. I graduated from Ohio State, uh, and that was something that I saw on your page that I definitely have to agree with. That Ohio State should have been included on that list of the top 25 college quarterback factories in the country. You know, I, I told you I graduated, so I started at Ohio State with Arch Schleister. Okay, oh so I goodness. started in 1979. We had Arch Schleister. We got Troy Smith. We have Terrell Pryor, we have Braxton Miller, and we have Justin Fields now. So come on. Uh, Justin Fields. I told you I was ready for this. Yeah, you're, you're ready, all right. I tell you what, I wish you all the luck in the world with Justin Fields. I, I think he's going to be a viable NFL quarterback. But um, folks not only remember some of those people that you named, but Dwayne Haskins is kind of fresh in their minds. So, you know, Fields has got some, some work to do. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me say this much, Benny, since she brought it up. Now this is a real good football topic right here, Miss Nina. All right, we get in, into it. The Buckeyes. You know, we, we said last week that we believe that Justin Fields actually has an institutional stain because Ohio State really hasn't produced quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls. Right, okay. But I looked around at Alabama and really they had a few. And, and really, if you look, remember, there's only been, what, 55 Super Bowls in the 100-year history. Mm -hmm. And some of those quarterbacks won two or three or four. Niner fans, right? Mm -hmm. So only a small contingent. Think about Tom Brady. He took like six of them. <laughs> and he's a fifth rounder. So it's a real dangerous proposition, even with quarterbacks, to take them real high in the draft. Think about Sam Darnold. New York, right? Mm -hmm. First round pick. Gone. Traded. <laughs> so... You know, I, I, I wish you luck too, because you know, my family's from Ohio. Okay. You know, we're, you're from Steubenville on the, on the east side, closer to Pittsburgh. My sister, my sister was uh, actually lived there for a short period. Okay. My family's from Lima on the west side near the Indiana border. Right. Well, they're all Buckeye fans. So I have a heart for Ohio and all <laughs> things. Uh, you know, well, that's good. <laughs> so, so that, that's great. That is great. So you, you started out in Ohio, but now you are in Florida. Yep. Uh, moved to Florida right after I graduated from Ohio State, and I've been here ever since. Um, uh, you know, started in radio years ago uh, in the city and, 
you know, radio really doesn't pay you very much. And back then, you know, I was a young person. I needed to get paid, you know. So uh, it was an education for forever. I was, uh, uh, I'm an artist. I was an art teacher, uh, assistant principal, um, all of that, taught online. And, uh, uh, but, you know, I went back to radio after, I don't know, however many years and was at WPRK for about five years. And uh, I just decided that uh, we needed an outlet for other DJs and some other people that weren't being serviced at the radio station that I was at and weren't being serviced very well. Uh, so we just decided to step out and do our own thing. So everybody, please tune in to WJRL953.com and you can hear Ben and Barry on football Friday nights. <laughs> Well, thank you very much. Yeah, Ben and Barry on football, 6 to 7.30 on Fridays. And, and, but we're the outlier because most of the time when I'm listening, it's some serious sweet R&B going on. Yep, that's right. You know, Tell so about your flavor. Yeah, occasionally, you know, we have to take a break and we want to listen to some football talk. So uh, you're a welcome break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to hear some nice music on all all 24 hours a day, right? Straight yep. through. That's but right. You know, what I was telling Ben, what really I think is hilarious, the first time I really heard a commercial interruption on our show, <laughs> I'm listening all of a sudden, it's like, you're talking about soap or something. I'm like, uh, uh. what? That was crazy to me. That was that was a fun thing. So we enjoyed I, that. I know it's a, it is a, it's a transition from 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 YouTube doing a video to radio. It is, and you guys are doing a great job though transitioning. But you know, like I always tell you guys, you need to say more who you are for the radio audience. You know, <laughs> you got to remind everybody. Hey, this is Ben and Barry on football. I know, I know. I got to put like a timer on or something. So I do it every so often. Hold it. This is Ben and Barry on football. Let's say That's right. right. But you, and, and you said that to me before. So what, what do you want? What do you want for your for your radio station? What are you looking forward to uh, in the coming years? What would you like to do with it? I really would like to add more DJs. Um, it's not a voice. I don't want to hear just my voice on the station. I want to hear everybody's voice. Uh, we're soul and R&B, but there's so many different varieties of soul and R&B and, and, and different types and different vibes. And I just want to add DJs all the time just to have a nice mix of other people's voices, you know, so that that's really what I want to do. So that that's what we're that's what we're all about now. Now. So, uh, oh, little right. oh, okay. you're scaring us. You're scaring us. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> you had to be warm in Florida with it. She had like three layers of stuff on. Holy mackerel. We got to get I told you I was ready for this. All right. I'm so, we are you. WJRL. WJRL 95.3. Okay. That's right. All right. I'm done. I'm done. That is awesome. That is awesome. And you know, it's funny. Now you're showing us how you transition so easily from radio to YouTube. So I expect to see a YouTube channel coming out of this at some particular time in the well, future. Well, please, that's what I wanted to tell everybody. We're on YouTube. Go to Sunrise Soul Nina. 
on YouTube and check out our hard seltzer taste test. It is so funny. We have two of them and we have a, a cheap wine taste test. Uh, we have a bunch of little videos and we have new music. Uh, we have all kinds of stuff. So please go to YouTube and check out Sunrise Soul Nina. Sunrise Soul Nina. All right, Benny, I'll have to subscribe have a, under our page. <laughs> please do. I have a question. Yes. For the uh, the cheap wine taste test. Yes. <laughs> Who's the taste tester? I'm the taste tester, and I have a buddy that tastes that tasted the wine with me. So that's Melvin. So me and Melvin, we're the official taste testers. Okay. But uh, I would like to invite you to one of my taste tests. Okay, I'm, okay. I'm be more than happy to do something like that. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> We were, you know, the funny thing is we were talking about old school wines and stuff like that before the show, literally talking about it, you yes, know? Yes, we were. Yes, and we were. I mean, I, I, I'm going back to uh, Mad Dog 2020 on the campus of Florida A&M University, early <laughs> 1970s. That's where I was at, getting my first taste test there, watching people fall out of windows after drinking a bottle of that stuff. <laughs> Uh, but it was so sweet around there. Then he fell out the window, didn't even get hurt. He fell on in the grass, rolled around a little bit, came back for some more. So, <laughs> Nina, thank you so very much for joining us. No problem. We, we obviously have to get our uh, rip off uh, clothing thing. We gain that. We, we don't. We, you know, we don't have the layers just to be like popping out like that yay you know you got to do the reveal it's called a reveal <laughs> yeah but you had on a sweatshirt and two t-shirts and you're in florida <laughs> i know you couldn't wait to get them off no but i turned the ac down before i started so i, I got okay. cool air in here okay <laughs> all right good stuff good stuff well nina right. thank you so much for joining wait a minute you got can something? i mention can i mention one more thing sure okay you told me to also mention something else that i saw on your page and that girl playing flag football running that touchdown was oh. unbelievable okay and i'll leave on that note that that was unbelievable nina <laughs> We're going to talk about that. You know why? Because that was the innocent face of joy on her face. Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't it? it? Only football can give you that, that type of joy, Nana. Running only a football, run. Only a run like that can give you a, a, you. A, 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 hasn't a even joy seen like that. that. Ben, ben <laughs> has, did you see it? All right. We'll talk about it then. All, All right. right. Hey, thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it, guys. You're welcome. Thanks Take for care. Appreciate you. All right. Thank you. <laughs> All right, man. That was Nina on radio. Absolutely, man. She was, she was amazing. She was amazing. All right, Benny. <sighs> the off season. So many things have happened. First off, anything in particular at the front of your mind that you might want to mention and then we'll go back straight on to our social media page and the things that we've already sort of posted for discussion um i mean today uh i believe it was earlier today jadavian Clowney signed with the cleveland browns for a nice amount of money uh, i read the article and although i don't remember the numbers this guys made a good amount of money in his short period of time in the nfl ben it was our magic number what was our magic number for the year 10 million per one year. 
That was it. <laughs> and he fits the criteria. You know what I mean? Veteran player, one-year deal, prove it. Maybe he signs a longer-term deal with Cleveland. Maybe he moves on to free agency again next year. He has made a, a, a pretty like decent career. Huh? He's already made like $60 million. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. He's had a pretty good money-making career as a as sort of a what do you what do you call them the, the guys who go from place to place you know hired hand journeyman or, you know I, no journeyman is, is a lower journeyman. level guy I'm talking about uh, um, uh, um, you know for hire you know oh oh have gun will travel that type of guy yeah right. mercenary mercenary there mercenary. you go thank you my English was failing me completely there for a minute a mercenary absolutely I mean you know. Uh, was he? How long was he in Houston? That was probably the longest in any one particular place, and he started there, correct? I believe that was the longest he was anywhere, and then he just left the Titans after two years. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was a year, more than a year. I have to yeah. go back and look, but it was a short term, you know. And he, what did he play? Uh, Seahawks year? What? That was definitely one year. I don't even yeah. think that was an entire season. I think he moved during the season. Okay. 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 I kind of remember that. Um, but but when you're a player of his ilk, and you play a position that is usually a position of need by just about every team in the league, uh, for one reason or another, either because they really just don't have anybody of his talents, or they feel like a guy of his talent is enough to push them over the edge from being really good to being great, he's always going to be employed. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's go to another landmark situation that just happened this week. Reaction. Julian Edelman retires. Yeah, I've seen a lot of... At first, I was like, oh, okay. He's going to retire. I guess he's made enough money. He's been banged around a little bit. He's not that big of a guy. He's got Super Bowl rings. What does he need to hang around for? He can make money in commercials, on television. Guy's got everything out there waiting for him. So good for you. And that's pretty much all the thought I gave to it. But then I cut on the network, and they're replaying Super Bowl games that he played in. And not only did he play in those games, but he did the narration of the of the Super Bowl game. You know what I mean? They, they, they bring these games on and they have key players from the game narrate as they go. Um, and uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. But then I went on Facebook. And that's where everybody comes out and says, Julian Edelman, great player, should be in the Hall of Fame, da-da-da. And then you got these other people that are like, he wasn't that good. He was okay, da-da-da. And then you get folks saying, if this guy makes the, the Hall of Fame, this guy and this guy have got to get in. And there are players that have better numbers than Julian Edelman, but... Julian Edelman has at least two Super Bowl rings. And didn't he get an MVP? 
have to double check. He got an MVP or not? Um, but it, there was a that, that one catch that he made, I believe, against the Falcons. It, if if it wasn't, I mean, that was MVP right there. That that had to be one of the most amazing clutch, ridiculous focus catches. Four come to mind. Two of them were by Giants. Uh, Mario Manningham sideline catch, keep his feet in, kept the drive alive. Giants go on to win. The helmet catch, David Tyree. Somehow Eli gets out of a, a, a short sack, just hurls it down the middle of the field. He's got Rodney Harrison on him, Hall of Famer, and he catches that. The game between oh, – these are all Super Bowls. The game between the Seahawks and the Patriots. Javon Curse with Malcolm Butler, who had just come in the game. Malcolm Butler did not start that game. Came in the game, looked like he made a beautiful defensive play on the ball, and Curse falling down, and the ball falls right on his chest. Mm. And then Julian Edelman. Now, we can rate them any way we want. They're all Super Bowl catches. But the one by Edelman, I must admit, my God, we're talking about this guy scraped this thing this close off the ground, man. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, the one word I say, you know, was clutch. That guy is like, you need a third down. Boom. You know, you can go to him. Nobody can stop that that thing. And, you know, it's... It's an amazing thing because as you as we watch the the NFL and their draft prospect, you know, look for that that quarterback that can be more than just a quarterback, you know. But when you got guys like Edelman, <laughs> the you know, it, you, which would you really want? Would you want what Tom Brady did, get that ball to Edelman, or would you want Tom Brady to be taken off? <laughs> for that first down all the time, you know? So that's a whole nother conversation. Real quick, just checked it. He has three Super Bowl rings and he did win a Super Bowl MVP. So yeah, his chances of getting in the Hall of Fame, his numbers don't, a guy like that, his numbers don't have to be spectacular. They just have to be really good. And I would have to double check his numbers, but I think they're good enough. He will probably make it. Quality, sometimes quality, you know, there's, a, there's an efficiency there, there's a quality there, you know. Um, all right, Julian Edelman, uh, congratulations on your retirement. They're, they're, I hear Gronk says there's a 60-some percent chance he's going to come down there and play with them, you know. I've already heard them speculate. They're like, just, you know, look, go ahead, stay. Who was it? And this is what was funny. Your boys on um speak your mind right the one guy the, the newer guy right um he said yeah he should just go ahead like whatever all of those banned substances are that you can't take you know right. to help get your body right right just go ahead and stay out take all the banned substances and then give them a chance to work their way out of your system and then come back I never heard nobody say that before. Right. But guess what? Well, I would not be surprised if that hasn't been done before. I mean, oh, 
you know, I, I'm sure, I'm sure it has. It was a thought. I'm like, okay, you, you know, take the banned substances and just, just wait out, you know. Not everybody can do that. Not everybody is Julian Edelman. So, all right. Benny, you know, um, I produced the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings. And weirdly enough, this year, or the past 2020 season, was the highest scoring season in NFL history. Interesting. The pandemic year. And that's something. With all of the craziness that happened, it was the most. They finished with a total of 12,692 points scored. There's that P points for a bracket that we track so closely, um, which beat the previous high of by more than 700 points, which was 11,985, set in 2013 and finished as his first season over 12,000 per NFL research. What was going on in 2013? They were scoring all of those points. <laughs> That's a good question. I'd have to really go back. We could probably <laughs> figure it out if we went back and took a look at the season, took a look at who made the playoffs, who won, and all that stuff. We could probably figure it out, but... Um, Obviously, they were tossing the ball around a lot, quite a bit. Uh, well, we can blame the, the the Cowboys and the Packers for giving up a ton of points. <laughs> Cowboys, Packers, and Seahawks help contribute mightily. <laughs> well, you can look at it like that. You can look at it as maybe defenses were a little lacking. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. Or you can Seahawks defense, the Cowboys defense – and the Packer defense was lacking. They were giving up points. Even though the Browns gave up a ton, I think, in the first game to the Ravens, right? Yes. But, the, you know, there's always going to be some defenses that are really lagging. In every game, they're going to give up, you know, 20, 24, 28 plus. Um, but I think when we start to see humongous numbers like this and, and passing the previous high by 700 points, that means that the offenses are really revving it up. They're really revving it up and they're really going after it. Without, without a preseason, without any of that, you know, preliminary work, all pretty much online type stuff, stuff that the, the union is actually fighting for kind of now. I think the, 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 the league is kind of pushing to get, you know, people into the uh, locations and the, Union is pushing to keep things virtual, uh, as I'm seeing it right now. They're going to probably uh, meet somewhere in the middle. But as one of the uh, one of the commentators said, the the NFL has done a really good job, and, and their locations are actually probably some of the safest places to be. You know, if you want to mm -hmm. train mm -hmm. or someplace, you know, and and they continue the testing. You know, and that that's a big thing, I think, right now. I try to bring it up as much as possible. Everybody's all excited about the vaccine, but I'm like, look, you can still get COVID positive and transmit it. You might not die from it because you had the vaccine. So you still want to be tested, especially while, you know, these other people are making up their mind whether they want to protest and not take it at all <laughs> or just they just don't, you know, um, trust it. 
or the industry like J and J actually, you know, doesn't, you know, have a have issues or AstraZeneca have issues where they're, you know, the quest people question the safety of it. So, you know, a lot going on there. But the NFL does has done a really great job. The pro teams have done a really great job um, before the vaccine, managing through testing and through, you know, tracing and things of that nature. So um, they did a really good job with that. All right. Next up, Ben, you watched a lot of college ball and you know that the issue about college players getting paid and being able to profit off of their own, you know, name, their own activities and things of that nature, especially in this time of social media has become pretty much an issue. Well, what do you think about having your social media handle on your jersey. I don't know if you saw this or not, but uh, <coughs> they were doing this in the spring, on their spring game jerseys, their tags, at, at. <laughs> so I, I saw the picture. Uh, I assume there was an article that went along with this. Is that true? Uh, yeah, there was an article. I don't really have it right here. Oh, so did they give a reason either from the coach allowing it or from the players wanting it? Did anybody give a reason why this is happening? Um, well, this, as far as I can see, it seems to me the reason is a bit self-evident. I mean, this is what these kids do. These kids all have personas. I mean, you, you know, think about your own daughter. So they want to be followed. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Now they might not be getting paid for it, but to yeah. be quite honest, they could be because they become at a certain level influencers. And once you become an influencer, that's when the company start just sending you stuff. Here, wear my hats, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but <clears throat> again, the way NCAA rules are right now, they have to be very careful with that. Because let's face it, if they're allowed to do this and somebody approaches them, I'm sure the NCAA is going to be monitoring this. And as soon as somebody accepts something that they're not supposed to accept, they're going to get banged for it. Now, quick question. Didn't California uh, ish, uh, have a law that basically over overruled that whole ability of the NCAA to, to uh, limit what you can make as a child on your own or as a student on your own. I don't, I think it's just California. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it is. California It's possibly another state in that Western area, but I believe the big deal there was being able to profit off your own name or not, or no one else being able to profit off of your name. In other words, let's take, for example, um, the NBA game, the, the, the game, uh, not oh, to Madden. Well, not Madden. necessarily Madden, but not 2K, but the college. The NCAA, uh, yeah. NCAA video games. Right. That became an yeah. issue. Yes. Guys were like, hey, who said you could put me on this NCAA game, use my name, use my likeness, my jersey? That's me. You, you you watched me, you got my moves down, everything, and you're making money selling these video games, and I'm getting nothing. I'm on here. And I'm getting nothing. So that was a that was the biggest deal, I believe. 
Now, as far as them saying, you know, if you're going to do this, you have to give me a cut. I mean, I, I can't say that I would be against that. I, I just, I can't say I would be against that. It's it's not like I'm I'm saying the players need to be paid. Because when you say the players need to be paid, you're talking about them being paid by the college, by the institution. Because the institution is making all the revenue off of the games that the players play in. Okay? So, you know, then the NCAA is one thing, but then each individual university is like a professional franchise. You play for that university. That university makes tons of money off of you and the games you play in, and then they kick money back to you. I'll tell you the truth. I'm not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> but when, when people say the players should be paid, I believe that's what they're talking about. But this thing with the video game, that's something else. If somebody feels like they can make money off of a college kid by using their likeness in a video game and the kid doesn't give permission for that, I don't think that's right. And I think they have every right to say, hey, if in fact you're going to do this, then I got to get something for it. Or you just can't include me in your game. The base argument that the schools have always had is, well, you get scholarships. Right. And not every kid gets a scholarship that's playing football, first and foremost. So that's not true for everybody. And then scholarships aren't always 100%. And then they're not necessarily um, sustainable if you have an injury or something like that. So there's a, a whole risk to that particular situation. The schools, you know, they, they might recruit you and bring you in, but they won't marry you necessarily, um, it, you know, but. Yeah, but usually somewhere along the line, they come up with some scholarship money for a kid. In other words, they may invite you to come in and say, hey, listen, we don't have a scholarship to give you at this time, but if you make the team and you play well and you're, you know, uh, a viable part of, of this um, organization, when a scholarship does become available, there's a good possibility you can get it. And you see that a lot. Like a guy will be like a, a redshirt freshman or he'll be in his sophomore year and he walked on and he's paying his own way to school and he just loves football and he wants to be on the program. He might be a special teamer or something or like a second string receiver or something. And then they have a meeting and the coach brings everybody in and they give them the scholarship. Yeah. And everybody goes crazy. So I, I believe players like that somewhere along the line, if in fact they stay in school for four years, somewhere along the line, they earn a scholarship of some sort might even just be their last year. Well, and, and again, um, you know, that's a help. You know, and it does happen to some degree, but then you also have a lot of kids who just get partial scholarships. They still have to carry the expense of college. Not only that, but there's only about, I think, what is it, a 3% chance that they're going to make it to the next level of the NFL. So really their last hurrah in terms of having any notoriety is in college. And so you know, whereas I'm like, okay, I do see a complication where you look at those students 
as employees and expect them to be paid. But I do think that the NCAA should allow these kids to make money on their own entrepreneurship, you know, on their own uh, ability to influence, on their own ability to leverage. I mean, we know, for example, that if a kid goes into a nice football program, they also maybe get will get benefits because they have the alumni, they have job, better job opportunities because of the network and, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but that's not everybody. You know what I mean? That's not everybody. A lot of the kids, you know, they're not in those circles, but they might have a following. You know, um, they don't even have to be a, an athlete to have a following, but you take a person, well, say, for example, I'm sure our friend Corey, Corey Clement, while he was at Wisconsin, um, had a following. I don't, you know, I don't, he had like a social media page, but, you know, it wasn't a big deal. You know, we all followed him and liked all of his stuff and all of that. But, you know, that opportunity grows in, in you know, today's social media climate. So, if they can do it, I don't see why the, the school should be, you know, uh, against those kids because they need to be able to make money any kind of way they can, you know, while they're in school. And if they can get passive income, that's, I can help them to get a YouTube channel or something going on. I don't see a problem with it. So I don't see a problem with that either. Yeah, would, absolutely. All right. That's that's it for that. Next up, what do we have here? So, so Ben, what I want to share now um, you guys did your mock draft and we, we had a, a great laugh with your brother uh, because he wanted to get down to, to the second round. And I thought about him when I saw this article. <laughs> so I said, let's just take a quick scan through of the 2021 NFL draft to see what teams actually have in terms of all of their picks. Sort of a quick summary. You ready? I'm I'm ready. I, I believe that the Philadelphia Eagles have more picks than anybody. All right. Me. Well, let's see if if you know what you're talking about here. Totally so, I'm saying. Let's scroll down, starting alphabetically with the Cardinals here. They've got a little of five. Six, it says here. I see six number picks. Number 49, number 160. Number 223. Oh, they have two picks in the seventh round. Yes, six. Okay, so, so it says it right there. So, all right. And, and again, Tom Brady got picked in what round? The sixth round, I believe. The sixth round. <laughs> Man. All right, the Atlanta Falcons. Nine picks. No wonder people aren't necessarily bringing those free agents in right away now. They got to work through these picks here. Number one, fourth overall. You guys talked about if they that they could change everything with that number with that uh, fourth pick, uh, the thirty fifth pick in the second, sixty eighth in the in the third, and you can get some serious value what do you, in in this uh, in this draft, second, third, fourth round. Don't you think they could do quite well? Actually, the fact that they have nine picks within the first six rounds. Uh, and and multiple picks in the fifth and sixth is a big deal. Like that's probably why they haven't traded away the fourth pick overall yet, because they're like, we can keep that pick, 
get a dynamic player, and we still have plenty of picks later on to get all fill any position needs and all that other stuff. Yeah, that's a lot of picks. You're right. Within the first six rounds, man. Right. Usually teams that have a high draft pick and maybe can't make up their minds about what they want to do or uh, they're not quite sure if they want to spend that pick on a dynamic player that may or may not be a bust or whatever, or they get they get a little gun shy, they'll trade the pick away just to accumulate more draft capital either for the current year or for a year in the future. Um, and that still is a possibility. I mean, let's face it. If New England or somebody calls them and says, hey, we want to make sure we get Mac Jones, we're going to give you a second and a fourth this year and a, and a second in 2022. That'd be hard for them to turn down. Well, they've got it going on. Uh, the Ravens have seven picks all within the first six rounds. Well, you know, I mean, I, I <laughs> all kind of late in each round. <laughs> I would right. say they're, they're not, they're not sitting in excellent position. So um, yeah, they're The Ravens are going to have to really do their homework and they're going to have to try to hit. They got to hit it big on at least three of those. At least I don't care if it's an early one or a late one. <clears throat> they need three picks out of that bunch to really hit. And when I say really hit, I mean become starters early. Three starters out of the six first six rounds, eh? Late That's picks in each one of the rounds. Because there's no the gimmicks. It's 27th overall. Right. You get the 27th pick overall in the first round. So, and you don't need a quarterback. We know you're not going to pick a quarterback, but you do need help on defense. You do need. Mm, a little help on the offensive line. Um, you need help in the secondary. You definitely need help at receiver. You know, they're, they're going to have to be very careful about who they select. Do you think there's a real successor to Lamar Jackson in Baltimore now? Because you keep yeah. saying they don't need a quarterback. They won't pick a quarterback. I don't know. Successor? The guy's 23. What do you mean uh -huh. The guy's 23 years old. What do you mean successor? He, he's a running quarterback. You mean oh, a viable backup? Your choice of words is what I'm saying. It's not successor. It's a viable backup. Well, okay. All right. We'll, we'll call him a viable backup. That's you don't fine. Pick a viable back. with that. You don't pick a viable backup in the first round. You don't do that. Even 27th? Nope. Uh, I don't know, man. Nope. Again, Tom Brady got picked in the sixth round, so there might be some something in those second, third, fourth picks that would be there. Again, a, 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 a viable backup, when you look at the uh, Ravens right now, do you feel they have a viable backup at all? Um, They got RG3. They got McSorley. And I like they, both of them, but I don't know if either one's a really viable backup if you're well, a team that's really looking to, to cash in at, at, at the championship level. Well, they had to go to their fourth string guy, and I can't remember his name, but we both liked him. I remember talking about him. Okay, okay. He When he ran out on the field, I was like, oh, Lamar's back. And I was like, wait a minute, that's not Lamar. I okay. remember you saying so, 
<laughs> I remember yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I mean, backups are backups. You And again, we keep saying this, we're going to have the discussion, but we keep saying we're going to have this discussion about backups in the NFL and the amount of money people spend on backups and whether or not these backups uh, resemble um, the starter enough to fit into the offense the same way the starter does and this, that, and the other. We have to have that discussion because there's some things about that subject that we agree on and there's several things that we don't. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Well, your, your, your B team, your other boys, your BBs, Buffalo Bills have seven picks. Late round, late in the first round. I guess that's late in the second round. If you add 30, that's late in the third round. Yeah, so. the time of every round. Yeah. Except for uh, round five, they got a pick from the Raiders, and then they have their own pick. So that's two picks in the fifth round. That's pretty good. Um, oh, they don't have a fourth round pick. Okay. So they got two in the fifth. So they're okay. They're okay. Yeah, you like that? I'm not going to say the Bills are loaded, but the Bills are in pretty good shape as far as um, strength and youth. Um, if, if they have any aging going on, it's probably on the offensive line with maybe a couple of guys. So I'm sure you want to use a couple early picks on that. And then we talked about their depth uh, on the defensive line and the fact that they're kind of smallish. So you can write that ship also uh, in the fifth and sixth and seventh rounds. I, I don't think, I think the bills are sitting pretty, pretty. pretty. Excellent. All right, let's look at the Panthers. Seven picks, eighth overall in round one. So I know you guys, uh, your mock draft, do you remember who the Panthers? Uh, I believe in my first one, I had them taking a quarterback. In my second one, which came out after they traded for Sam Darnold, I went uh, uh, offensive line, I think I went. Uh, I've seen a lot of mock drafts by a lot of other people that are saying they're going to go receiver, which makes a lot of sense. Um, so it could go either way. I'm, I'm not going to try to talk anybody out of that. Uh, but after that, they can just start to fill needs. Well, they're kind of early in the second round. If they're picking at 39 and there's 32 teams in the league, that's the, about the seventh pick in the second round. Right. Um, so if they get it. Let's say they let's say they go receiver, which is what everybody else is saying. So you go receiver, you're pretty much guaranteed to get one of the top receivers. Okay, great. So then you come back around the second round and you're picking pretty early. Maybe you go for a top flight corner because there's a lot of corners that are getting pushed down the board because so many teams need offensive linemen. They need edge rushers. You got the run on the quarterbacks and you got a, a very rich wide receiver core uh, class. So, uh, you know, there's going to be DBs out there. And we saw that even in the mock that me and Donald did. At the end of the draft, that starting around number 25 or so, between 25 and 32, a bunch of DBs went, mostly corners. One safety, I remember, and a bunch of corners. So they can still get a quality corner. And then they can pick some linemen up later on. They're, they're, they're in good shape. Chicago Bears have eight picks, eight and eight last year. They picked 20th overall in round one. 
32, 20. So they're about the same position in round two. They're about in that 22nd position in round two. Uh, and they have eight picks overall with a, a few from the Seahawks through the Dolphins. They don't have a fourth. They only have one fifth, but they have one, two, three, four picks in the sixth round. Now, I'm not going to say that the pickings will be slim in the sixth round. I don't know. But again, they're going to have to do their homework. They're going to have to really set their board. And they're going to have to rate players very, very carefully so that once we start to get close to the sixth round, they can see who's been picked and who hasn't and who they have an opportunity to get. You know what I mean? And if those guys are still there in the sixth round, that could be a really big round for them. Could be a big round. Okay, how about this? Eight picks by the Bengals. And they need every single one of them. So, again, they're not in bad shape. They're not missing any rounds. They got one pick in every round, and then in the seventh, they have two. So, yeah, the Bengals deserve to have all these picks. (laughs) This is a good thing. They're on the rebuild, and they've been doing pretty well so far. They had a good draft last year. I expect them to have another one this year. They should get some quality players. All right, all right. Cleveland has nine picks. They picked 26 overall in round one, so they look like late pickers in each one of the rounds, but they have, what, two and three? They have two in the third and two in the fourth. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Having two in the third and two in the fourth is almost like having three thirds. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's not the same, obviously, but, but in other words, they're going to pick again and again before some teams pick once. You know what I mean? Everybody's going to pick. Then the second round is going to come. Everybody's going to pick. Then the third round is going to come and everybody's going to pick, but they're going to pick twice. Then it's going to come again. So now they got four players where everybody else got two. You see what I'm saying? And, so, and look, Ben, it's 89th and 91st pick in the third round. So that's bang, bang. close picks together. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. These teams have set themselves up for success, but it won't be successful unless they really, really do their homework and make sure that they've scouted these guys and really feel good about who they want to pick. If both those third round picks hit, let's just, I don't care who they take in the first round. If them two third rounders hit and those guys become starters and maybe one of them is like a pro bowler or, he, or he's fighting for rookie of the year or something, that's a huge win for them. It can happen. It can happen. Um, and interestingly, of the nine total picks, four seem to have come with trades from other teams, Saints, Eagles, Rams, and Bills. Right. So they negotiated these picks. Yes, they did, which means to me, I would hope that they have some sort of a plan. You know? <laughs> yeah, you go. Know, we all hope. 
But you got to hope because it's the Cleveland Browns, okay? They still got a bad history. Oh, now you, now you sound like, uh, what's his name? You said the Browns is the Browns. <laughs> well, yeah, not exactly, but you know what I mean? See, when a player bashes another team during the season, the week before they're going to play, that's not going to go over well, no matter what. Okay? <laughs> but when you look at a situation like this, it's a little bit different. You, you got to look at their track record. Their tra track record of drafting players has not been good. They had some hits. They had a lot of misses. And then organizationally, some of the misses might not have looked like misses if, in fact, the organization had been better. But now both are better. The players are coming around. The team is playing better. The organization seems to be settled down. They got a head coach that actually knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? And, and a guy that people were worried about in Baker Mayfield has shown that he can play ball, you know? So if they have a plan, if they say we're going to do this and this, and then when we get to this round where we have multiple picks or we have two picks here, we're going to get, we're going to, we expect these two dudes to slide. We believe in them. Maybe other teams don't need players at that position or they may overlook them. You know, teams are always sending up smoke screens and then, ah, we don't need, we don't need, and then boom, they take them. You know what I mean? So I'm hoping they have a plan. If they worked out deals to get those picks, they did it for a reason. They didn't just, you know, throw a dart. They got a plan. The Dallas Cowboys better have a plan with 10 picks. 10. That's another team. And I'll tell you right, if – if if I'm Jerry Jones and I, <laughs> if I'm Jerry Jones, never, yeah, I know, which I can't even believe <laughs> I said that. But if I'm Jerry Jones with a, with some sense, or I'm Jerry Jones and I actually listen to my son a little bit, who seems to have more sense than he does, I'm going almost exclusively defense. They can actually fix that broken down defense in one draft, if they do it right. You got a good point. You got a good point. I mean, they can really buckle that thing down. And again, like with, um, you know, the, the the Packers we talked about, and, and even with the Seahawks, the offense, you know, really ran well last year, for the most part, offense ran well, and the defense, um, you know, a couple players made a big difference for the Seahawks. So with all of these picks, they can really do something. They can find some talent. And I know you, we were talking about there was some good talent cornerback-wise, lots of speed coming in, you know. So, you know, you, you're absolutely right about that. Let's jump to the Denver Broncos. Man, people don't know what they want to do with the Denver Broncos, especially at quarterback. They, they got – they're ready to, to – they kicked the young man, uh, was it Drew? Is that his name? Drew Locke. Drew Locke. They're ready to kick him yeah. to the curb already. What what where was he drafted at? Drew Locke. I hate guessing because you know I can't remember everything, but he was a high pick. If he didn't go in the first round, he went in the second. They, I picked, that. they picked Drew Locke to be their starting quarterback. Not right off the bat, but they picked him to be their future. And when he got his opportunity, he didn't come through. And, and I'm not saying he played poorly, 
But considering the weapons that they tried to put around him, it didn't translate to wins for them. And they're, they're going to blame him. You know, so they're ready to reset and take another shot. Hey, if the Jets did it, why not the Broncos? You know, the guy can play, but he's just not good enough. <laughs> he just hasn't. I'll say this. He hasn't been good enough. And they've got a nice receiver core. And they just let Philip Lindsay go. Uh, I, so they got a, a running back issue too. You know, I don't know how long you can live off of Melvin Gordon. He needs, he needs a backup. He's not a bell cow. So, you know, I, I, they'll figure something out. I guess they let Devonte Booker go too. He went to the giants. So yeah, they got issues. <laughs> they got issues, but guess what? They got a bunch of picks. So they you got got to make them work. They got nine. Who's up next? The Lions. Ooh, they look a little light in the picks. Only six. Only six. So it's going to take a little bit longer for the Lions to, to rebuild. Uh, they've already started by getting Jared Goff. Um, they will probably go receiver in the first round um, to give him a big-time target and hope that whoever they pick is the next Justin Jefferson first year out or at least C.D. Lamb first year out and then go from there but yeah they got a lot of work to do most of those picks should probably go on defense also wow but hey look two in the third man as you said when you that's get it, it. You double up and up and around the third that that's kind of valuable yeah. part of that came along uh in that trade with matt stafford and jared goff yeah so there you go all right let's look at the Oh, Packers got 10 picks. The 13 and three Packers, 29th overall in round one. So again, they're going to be late in the rounds. 29th, 62 and 92, all about the about 30 apart. So that's late in each one of those rounds. But then they have two in the fourth, two in the fifth, two in the sixth, and the seventh. A bevy. Yeah, that's that's a bevy. And and the Packers are usually pretty good in the draft. They don't miss very often. Uh, this, this could be, wow. You know, some people are saying if Aaron Rodgers comes back and has another good year like he just had, that they are once again Super Bowl contenders and they should be at least in the NFC Championship game versus Tampa Bay once again. Um, if they pull this draft off, and get a few starters out of this draft, uh, I believe that that could happen. That could happen. They, 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 when you look at their draft list, you're like, oh, this must be a rebuilding team, and they're not. <laughs> you know? So I don't know if they got these uh, picks in deals that they made. Like, I want to think that they did this, like, deals in deals that they made maybe two years prior. And now they're just coming about like they they took future picks for this guy and we'll take future picks for that guy. And, and now they're all coming together. <laughs> yeah. And guess what? That that way, even you're a winning team, yet you have draft selections that normally would go to a team that sold everybody off and is rebuilding. But they're not. So smart move by the Packers. Now all they have to do is. Make the picks. 
Boy, the horse trading that goes gonna that's gonna go on on draft day. All right, the most dysfunctional team in the league, I think, anyway, is the Houston Texans. But like we said, they have a new coach, they have a new GM, they have a round, no first round. Oh my goodness. No second. No first round, no second round, and well, midway early in the third round. 67 would be very early in the third round. Uh, they have one in the fourth, two in the fifth, one, two, three in the sixth, and one in the seventh for a total of eight picks. Wow. Uh, th- th- this is not looking good for Houston. They're going to have to be very, very smart with who they decide to select. Um, missing out in the first and second round means your chances of drafting a superstar are very slim. Uh, it has happened, obviously, where third, fourth, fifth round guy turns out to be really, really good. Um, they're going to have to keep their fingers crossed. It's not looking good for them and being a rebuilding team coming off of a what, 4-12 and 12 record? Not good. Not good. Will they pick a quarterback, do you think, mayhaps? They may have to. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know who they're going to get in the third round. Man. I mean, there'll be somebody there. But Tom, Brady, Tom Brady have any little brothers playing right now? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, it, won't, it won't be a named guy, but there'll be somebody there. There's some talent there. All right. The Colts. One in the first, that's what, six picks? 11 and five, six? One. One, two, three. And they're missing round. the third round. Yeah. No, nothing in the third. No third round. Right. So this is this is what a draft is going to look like for a team that's pretty good and, and a contender and hasn't made a lot of moves to try to improve. They just, they've probably done it mostly through homegrown talent so to speak. Um, they've hit on their draft picks and those guys have been become viable players on their team. So they haven't had to make big, big free agent moves and stuff like that. That this, That's why their draft looks the way that it is. There's nothing wrong with it. Again, just like everybody else, you want to make every pick count and you want to make sure that you do your best to fill a need with somebody that you scouted pretty well and somebody you believe in. But I, I can't say the Colts are in bad shape. That's they're in good shape. They don't need that much. Yeah, yeah. They do need defense though. Okay, okay. Well, you they're, should really get that. They're one receiver away from their offense being tremendous if Wentz plays the way people expect him to play. There's your big if. Okay, the new boys <laughs> on the block. Jacksonville Jaguars coming in with 10 picks. 1 to 15 last year. Uh, almost every round is a pick that looks like it was a matter of negotiation. Uh, they have one and two in the first with one and 25, two in the second, 33 and 45, one in the third, two in the fourth at 106 and 132, in the fifth, 145 and 170, and one in the seventh, and all but one. 
was negotiated from other teams, the Rams, the Vikings, the Rams again, the Browns, and the Titans. Man, talk about talk about doing some work down there in Jacksonville, man. And they just hired Urban Meyer as the head coach, and Urban Meyer knows college football. He knows college players. He knows young players. <clears throat> I expect Jacksonville to have a really good draft. I really do. I think if Urban Meyer doesn't know anything else, he knows young players. And he's going to bring in some good players to fill their needs. I'm not going to say he's going to rebuild this team into a contender in a year or even two. But it's going to be a lot faster than people expect for a team that's coming off of a, what, 1-15 in record? One in 15, but we know it can be done because guess who was one in 15 way back in the day and was in the Super Bowl two years later? Dallas Cowboys. Remember that? The Aikman team. So it can be done. I'm not, saying done. Gonna, I'm not saying they're going to be in the Super Bowl in two years, but I'm saying you can rebuild a team that looks like garbage within two years if, in fact, you have a plethora of draft picks and multiples in multiple rounds. That means they can pluck, they can use their pick to take a player and then take a pick that they negotiated for and take another player that another team is sitting there going, please be there, please be there, please be there. And then they take them. That's what happens. I, I know, because it happens to me in fantasy drafts. <laughs> They're going, oh my God, he's still there. And I'm, uh, you know, and I've got my poker face on, of course. But inside, I'm like, please don't take him. Please, please, please. And right before it's your pick, the person takes him. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> it hurts. It well, hurts. Again, a lot, all of these, all but one, were negotiated in trades with other teams. Okay. The other team that was in the Super Bowl, they didn't win it. But they went 14 and two. They have eight picks, uh, one in each of the first three rounds, 31st, 63rd, and 94th picks, and then two in the fourth and the fifth, and one in the sixth from the Steelers through the Dolphins. Right. So, although it doesn't look great numbers wise, multiple picks in the fourth, multiple picks in the fifth makes up for that. And we're talking about a team that's a perennial contender at this point until, until something happens bad, you know, they're going to be up there for the next couple of years. And, and obviously they'll be up there again in 2021. So they're in good shape. They're in great shape. Yeah. Looks good. Looks good. And, and again, eight picks. Well, the top number of picks we've seen is 10. So they're right, right up there now, not that, far from that's, it. That's a lot of picks. And, and the one that was 10, although they had multiple picks in several rounds, that was through seven rounds. They, their, uh, their picks are all within six rounds. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. The Raiders with eight picks also picking 17th overall. Uh, they have a pick in each round, two in the fifth. Um 
So that's the Raiders. They negotiated with the Cardinals, the Dolphins, and the Seahawks for some of their picks. And round six, they pick at even number 200. And in round five, they take number 162 and number 167. That's going to hurt somebody. That's what I was just talking about. That pick at 167 is going to be somebody that somebody else is waiting on. Somebody's <laughs> going to be looking at their draft board going, I can't believe this guy is going to fall to us. And then the Raiders are going to take him. So, <laughs> you know, they're not in bad shape at all. Not at all. Not at all. All right. The Chargers with nine picks, picking 13th overall in round one. They've got one in round two at 47, two in round three. They're just doubling round three um, at 77th and the 97th pick. Uh, one in round four and five, and two in round six, and one in round seven. So they get to go down to round seven. What is it? Is it eight rounds total? I I think so. Okay, I, I think I think it's eight. Yeah, we'll double check. But okay, this is the, the charges are going to be a handful in a year or two. Okay, even without a stacked team. Um, Justin Herbert has proven himself to be such a dynamic quarterback that he pretty much carried them, you know, because let's face it, Keenan Allen was not healthy, did not play every game. Uh, Mike Williams did not play every game. Um, Hunter Henry, the tight end who has now uh, gone to the Patriots did not play every game. Seldom did he have his three main pass catchers all in the same game, yet he exploded on the scene like nobody's business. The starting running back was out most of the season, Austin Eckler. Justin Herbert is a beast. <laughs> so, again, use your draft picks wisely. Do your homework. Plug in the guys where they're needed, you know, and keep your fingers crossed that you pick the right dude. And the charges could be a big, big problem in the AFC West. You're absolutely correct with that. Um, Justin Herbert was such a surprise and kind of reminds me of Wentz in his first year, that athletic body, just tall and rangy and can throw and run and do all of that stuff. Well, Justin Herbert can do all of that stuff. I'm not sure if the Rams' new quarterback can do all of that stuff, but I know they want him to get them to that next step, and they don't have a lot of picks to help them out with at only six. Coming in at 10 and six last year, they have no first round, and then they have one in the second, two in the third, a fourth, none in the fifth, a sixth, and a seventh. Right. So it looks like a board, uh, a draft board for a team that's already good and maybe made some deals to get up in the earlier rounds in the year, in the draft the year before. And now they're suffering for it, having uh, given away those picks. But they made good on the deals that they made the previous year. 
so they had a good season and they're on the cusp of being, you know, real serious contenders. I must say the Rams are not in bad shape as the team stands right now. So I don't think they need a whole bunch of draft capital this year to at least remain good, at least still be a threat in the NFC West, at least give the Cardinals and the Seahawks and your team, the 49ers, a run for their money. They're good enough for that now. So all they got to do is what everybody has to do. Get your scouting reports right. Go to your pro days. Raid out your guys. Go back and forth with your staff and make the right choices. If you hit on a couple, you'll be fine. Ben, let me just say, uh, because our friend Nina reminded me to always mention who we are for those people who are listening on our podcast, on our uh, radio show. And again, if you're at the YouTube channel, you pretty much know who we are. We are Ben and Barry on football, and you can find us at www.benandbarryonfootball on our podcast, on Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and Anchor, and also on the radio at WJRL953.com every Friday at from 6 to 7.30. Okay. What do we have next here? The next team up. Ah, uh, yeah, man. The Dolphins. Not Whoa. a lot. I they only you, have, they had eight picks. That's okay. That's okay. I, I have to do a little bit of research and, and find out what exactly does the Dolphins uh, front office look like, who they got up there, if it's anybody that I know from maybe being on a previous team or something like that. As far as I'm concerned, the last couple of years, the Dolphins have done no wrong. The only thing I could criticize the Dolphins for, and we both kind of did, was how they handled the Tua situation with Fitzpatrick last year. I thought they bring, brought Tua in too early, but obviously they, their actions told me that when they drafted him, they drafted him to be their starter, not to be the future guy. They drafted him high enough because I think he was the fourth or fifth pick overall. I'm not sure, but he was up there. And usually, like I said, when you pick a quarterback that high, you expect him to play the first year. If not from day one, he's going to be in there soon. As soon as he proves he has a grasp of the playbook, they're going to throw him out there. And that's what they did. Except for with Tua, I think it was more a thing where we got to see him run around on the practice field enough to ensure that his injuries were okay, you know, cause that was a major, major injury. And the doctor can say, yeah, he's fine. And he can say, oh, I feel a hundred percent and this and that. But I mean, if he gets another hip injury, it, that could end his career. So they want to be a hundred percent about that. The kid is smart. So getting the playbook and having Fitzpatrick to learn under was, that's all a given. But I, I love what the Dolphins are doing um, and it's funny that it comes kind of at the same time that Buffalo is coming up too, and the Patriots are kind of struggling a little bit. The AFC East used to be nothing to talk about because you knew the Patriots were going to come out of it, but now that's a division to watch. All right. Well, next up on the 
list here are the Minnesota Vikings coming at coming in at seven and nine with ten picks, multiple picks in the mid round, mid to later rounds. They have their fourteenth overall in the first round, nothing in the second round, two in the third, one from the Ravens, um, four one, in the fourth, three, four, four. We got four in the fourth. Four in the fourth round. 19th, 125th, 134th, and 143 is the number of those picks. And then two in round five. Nothing in six, nothing in seven. Ten overall, all within the first five without and missing uh, one of the rounds. If I was them, I would try to package those two fifth-round picks and maybe a pick next year and try to move back into the second round. And if they were able to do that, their draft will be magnificent. <laughs> and I'm not saying I'm when I say that I should say they'll be their draft will they'll be in a position to have a magnificent draft. I mean, let's face it, guys get picked high all the time and they don't make it or they become, you know, just regular players. But if you could get one in the first, one in the second, two in the third, and four in the fourth. Four, five, six, seven, eight. That's eight picks, which we a bunch of teams have, all in the top four rounds. Well, wait, if you, if, you got, if you got one in the second, that'd be nine picks, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I counted that. One, one in the second is two, three, four, plus four, that's eight. Okay, all right. Eight picks in the first four rounds? We were praising teams for having eight picks in six rounds. <laughs> They're sitting pretty. They're sitting pretty now. But if I could package those two fifths, I'll throw in a third rounder next year to move back into the second round. Oh, my God. Oh, Minnesota. If they don't do anything, they'll probably wait till draft day. They're going to wait till draft day. We, we're going to see a lot of movement on draft day, and the Vikings are going to be involved. That, that's, that's tremendous where they're sitting right now. For All the quality players in the top four rounds, they'll have their pick. 119, 125, 134, and 143. Those are all, they're like this. Dude, they're going to crush the fourth round. If they had a, a second round pick and they picked 14th in round one, what's the probability that they would pick a quarterback? It'd be better than it is now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You yeah. have a couple shots yeah. at it within the two rounds. If they're thinking like you're thinking, like, okay, Kirk, we pretty much seen Kirk Cousins' ceiling. He ain't going to get no better than he is. We can build around him, and as good as he is now, could be good enough. But we have to work and get, you know, got to improve our defense, keep giving him weapons, da-da-da-da-da. But he is not going to get no better. Now... Maybe they find a quarterback in the third round and develop him. Or 
They try to package some trades, some some picks, move into the second round, and grab somebody. That's what I would do. Screw them two fifths. Forget that. I got four in the fourth round now. I'm taking them two fifths and I'll package them with, I'll give you a, a second round in 2022 to move back into the second round this year. And if they're able to do that and they spend it on a quarterback, I would not be surprised at all. Might be a dude we don't know a lot about, but he's right on the cusp because uh, um, um, Wilson and Lance and Fields and Jones and all them guys, they're all like right here. There might be another guy right there that they could get, and he could turn out to be a winner. I've seen a couple profiles. Uh, I don't have names for you, but I've seen a couple profiles of some quarterbacks. I was, yeah, you know. they're out there, man. They're out there, and and teams are looking at them. They've had their pro days. They're they're putting together tape and sending it out. Yep, could happen. Well, they might pick 14th, was it? But if they don't take that quarterback, this team might in 15th place. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. They have 10. They were seven and nine last year. They have one, two, three in the fourth, two in the sixth. So they have 10 picks overall. They pick first in round. They pick 15th in round one, 46 in round two, and 96 in round three. So that's kind of mid to late in the in the second and third rounds. But then they got multiple picks. So again, if I'm the Patriots and I don't know what they're waiting for, I don't know if they've already been in communication with Atlanta, but I'm packaging them fourth round picks and I'm, I'm trying to move up into the first round and make sure I get the quarterback that I want. I know they're in love with one of these guys. That's the thing. Same thing with the 49. The 49ers are in love with one of those quarterbacks. We just don't know which one it is. <laughs> and the Patriots are in love with one of those quarterbacks. We just don't know which one it is, but because the Niners pick third, the Patriots have to kind of fall in love with the second choice because the Niners going to get the guy they love. But they have to make the move to get to that fourth pick. It's, I believe it's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen. Might happen today, tomorrow, next week. Might happen draft day. I got a funny feeling a lot of these teams are going to wait till draft day. So you got to watch the draft. There's going to be action. There's going to be action. Yeah, there is definitely going to be action on draft day, no doubt about it. All right. Uh, let me see here. I'm trying to get this set up, Benny. Okay, here we go. Next up, New Orleans Saints. With eight picks overall, they were 12-4 and four last year. Let's see. Multiple picks in the third. So they got one in the first, one in the second. Two in the third, one in the fourth, and the sixth, no fifth round pick. Two in the seventh, 29th, and fifth, 255. Right. So one in the sixth, two in the seventh makes that fifth round and not hurt so bad. Uh, other than that, they're pretty known. The two in the third is a big deal for them. 
especially a team coming off of a winning record, uh, 12 and four record. Only six uh, picks apart. Right. The six, and uh, seven, 98-105. I tell you, it, it's rough with the Saints. I feel bad for their fans. They seem to have been snake bitten for the last few years uh, where they put themselves in position to actually get to NFC championships and, and get to the Super Bowl. And for whatever reason, they've lost and they've lost in like some pretty horrendous ways. Um, <laughs> and now Drew Brees is gone. So, you know, everybody wanted to, to, to do it while his window was still open, but his window has now closed. Um, I don't, some people think he's going to come back. I don't think he's going to come back. Drew Brees? Yeah. Oh, there's been, he's been out. Remember the video you told me you saw him in the street doing that? With the sled. That video, that actually was a current video. Okay, okay. But I still don't think he's going to come back. I think as long as he doesn't convince his family, i.e. his wife, that he wants to make a serious comeback, or you know what, baby, I'm going to get myself together. I'm coming back. Until it... First of all, if he tells her that and she says, okay, he's going to announce it. Well, didn't he sign a big contract to broadcast? Yeah, he did, but they they get out of those. They get out of those. <laughs> Besides, he wants to play again. He, he can get out of that. I, I don't think he will because punctured lung and 50,000 broken ribs is not – that's – come on, man. Stop. That's a recent pain. Yeah, that's exactly. On the low end of the picks, your New York Giants at six and ten only have six. They got two in the sixth. They have no fifth round. They pick eleventh overall in the first round, then forty-second in the second, seventy-six in the third, and one sixteen in the fourth. They get two in the six at one ninety-six and two hundred one, which came to them from the Cardinals. Okay, so. Nothing real outstanding looking here, um, but that's okay. Uh, I'd like to go on the record and say that um, considering it was a point in the season last season where I felt like we'd be lucky to win four games, we actually finished six and 10. So I'm looking at that as a plus. I got Saquon coming back. I just got Galladay. I got some help on defense. No big time players, but that doesn't mean they're not going to work out, fit in the scheme, and help make the defense better. So at this point, I like where the Giants are sitting. If it takes us another year of going six and ten, seven and nine, so be it. But we will be back, and it's not going to be long—a year or two—and we will be back. Well, Ben, I hear what you're saying. And coming out of New York, I think there's another team saying the same thing. Wearing green, the New York Jets. Yeah. And saying we'll be back. And, and coming and, back. And draft wise, they look better. Ten picks. Two picks in the first round. First two of all, two first. Picks in the first round. Teams would die for two picks in the first round. <laughs> and I think the Jets and only one and Jacksonville are the only two teams that have two picks in the first round. So two picks in the first round, number 34 in the second round. My God, 
Those three no, guys. That's practically a first-round pick. <laughs> exactly. Those three guys got to all be star players. Mm. And I don't just mean big-time college guys that are rated really high. They have to come into the NFL, and they have to start, and they have to contribute right away. If they do that, that'll I, no matter what position they play, that'll do wonders for the Jets. Well, then they picked 66 overall in the third round. That's that's practically like a second round. Okay, if you want to say somebody's sitting pretty, it's the New York Jets. <laughs> You're sitting pretty, but again, you still gotta you still gotta select the right guys. Gotta pick the right guys, and and they got two in the fifth round. One they got from your New York Football Giants. That's cool. So they got two from the Seahawks. And one from the Giants. And that Seahawks, Jamal Adams, that had to be part of that trade, right? Uh, I'm not sure if that was. I'm pretty sure the 23rd pick there in the first round came from Jamal Adams. Right. That's Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yes. They might have given that. They might have given him all that. I don't know. I mean, he's been big for the Seahawks. So these picks should be big for the Jets. That's, That's an even trade if they do well. All right. Your division opponents, the Philadelphia Eagles, came in at 4-11 and won. They had that tie last year. They have 11 picks. All right, they're at the top of the pick ladder in terms of total quantity. And they have the number 12 overall from the Niners through the Dolphins. In the second round, they have 37th, which is close to the first. Uh, Two in the third, one in the fourth, one in the fifth. Three, excuse me, in the sixth and two in the seventh. So the Eagles will be picking their little, ah, man, their little feathers off there. So a day after an article comes out in The Athletic about the dysfunction of the Eagles organization, we look at the team that's probably sitting the prettiest of all teams as far as the draft is concerned with the number of picks and where the picks are and the multiple picks in the sixth and seventh rounds and also in the third round. Oh my goodness, which is even more important. Uh, If my brother was on here right now, he would give you names for each and every one of these picks. I'm sure he would. He would say in the sixth round, pick number 2224, they should take this dude right here. Okay. That's how that's how big Donald Dickerson. That's how that's how big a fan he is. But before he did that, he would figure out how to package something we're looking at here, along with something in 2022, to get another pick in the first round. He either try to move that 12th pick back up, which I think would be a mistake, or he could try to get another pick later in the first round or early in the second. Again, draft day. They have the capital. They can do it. If they really have their eye on somebody and they really love that player and think they can plug and play him right off the bat, the Eagles will be making moves either between now and the draft or one draft day. If he believes it, I believe it. <laughs> All right. It's a matter of belief. 
It's a matter of belief. Well, uh, Mr. Schuster had belief in the Steelers. He decided to hang around. They have eight picks coming in at 12 and four, uh, 24th overall in the first. Uh, looks like a pretty uh, midway through the second round. Third round, 87, two in the fourth, one in the sixth, and two in the seventh. We're missing a fifth round there. Okay. Fifth round. So th there's a couple other teams that are missing either a second or a third or a fourth or a fifth. Um, I don't, I don't want to say this is an average-looking draft position for the Steelers. Uh, I think – it's, it's not outstanding. They don't have like three picks in an early round or something like that, but they do have two in the fourth. And the two they have in the seventh, again, when, when you got picks like that, teams don't usually make moves for seventh round draft picks. So they might kind of be stuck with those. But if they really love somebody, they could try to do something with one of those thirds and something next year or both of those thirds to move up into the second or the first. It's a possibility. I think they're going to just let it play out and do their homework. Um, Steelers are a pretty good drafting team. They don't draft a lot of busts. They, they do well. I, I think they'll stand pat and just use the picks that they have and try to get quality players. All right. Well, speaking of quality players, we got a lot of guys coming back for my beloved 49ers, baby. The number three overall, we got from the Texans through the Dolphins. Then we're 43 in round two. Not too bad. Round three, we have one. Round four, we have one. We have three in round five. One and six. And we have one in the seventh that we got from the Jets. We have nine overall. Not bad. So you got the third overall pick this year from the Texans through the Dolphins, and you still have picks in every round, including three in the fifth. What the hell did you give away? <laughs> Uh, I think we gave away some first rounders in future years. Oh my goodness. That's what we gave away. Guess what? This this is a big year for you guys in the draft. Three in the fifth. If one of those guys hits, just one, that's a big deal. Okay. You're not missing picks in any rounds. You guys are sitting pretty. I've used the sitting pretty term for a couple of teams. You guys are sitting pretty. I've heard more than one person on television say the 49ers could be in the Super Bowl this season. That's they, because of the COVID and the injuries. People really feel like if you guys all come back healthy and stay healthy, that the Niners are going to make a lot of noise. But I tell you this, you better hurry up and do it because the Cardinals and the Rams are not sitting around, and neither and neither are the, the Seahawks. Although the Seahawks might be due for a down year, we got to see a lot of turmoil going on up there. But the, the, the Cardinals and the Rams, I know, are working really, really hard 
to get really, really good. So if you guys are going to do something, better do it soon, you know, but you have, you have the roster. You got a running game. You got a good defense that could be made a little bit better. Um, you got a receiving core. Uh, if, if you hit on this quarterback, that might be the key. Forget all the other picks. Whoever you take at number three overall could be the be-all and end-all of this season for you, let alone your future. So I all I can say is good luck, bro. Make Niner, the right choice. Niner fans are I mean, uh, how are they leading? Looking at? really split. I mean, some There's of them are like Trey and Mac. Oh man, they some of them Justin Fields fans in there. I'm so surprised at how much people they're like, if they take Mac, I'm jumping ship. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, and and I had said, and I've heard it said on the networks, you know, that Shanahan wants a guy that's gonna run the play as he wants it run, and Mac's the guy that's gonna run the play the way he wants it run. Right. So, you know, yeah. but I, I think we both kind of felt like Trey Lance maybe had more upside. And I kind of felt he felt he came in. You know, you're not looking for a guy to start right now. So, you know, if Matt Jones, if, if a team looked at him as a guy who can come in and start right now, we don't actually need that. But a guy that could be developed with a higher ceiling than Garoppolo and with Mac that, you know, you can give him a year or so. Trey Lance, I think, would be that guy, you know. So I, I think that we, we we would have a hard time losing either way. But and Mac Jones would probably work behind Garoppolo pretty. I'm, I don't know if I want to say happily, but I don't see it like him really rebelling against anything like that. Like I want to be a starter right away. So he would probably okay. be very happy to be there. I I, I agree. However. They always talk about, well, you pick a rookie quarterback, your quarterback of the future, you want him to sit for a year. Not when you take him at number three. When did they take Aaron Rodgers? Oh, Aaron Rodgers was like a second rounder late. He was like late. Remember the videos of him sitting in the green room by himself? Everybody else got picked? Yeah. He was pissed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he went late. He went late. Either late first round or second round. I forget. He, he Yeah, he, he went down. Well, Ben, I don't know what happened with this team's draft picks, but they've got the lowest number so far at three. They traded them all away. Seahawks. I've been seeing their name all over this thing since we've been going down the list. Trade from the Seahawks. Trade from the Seahawks. Trade from so-and-so through the Seahawks. Trade from the Seahawks through so and so. They traded them all away. The cupboard's empty. <laughs> no first round. They have the 56 uh, overall pick in the second round. And again, 32 and 32 is 64. So that's a late second round pick. No third round pick. One in the fourth and one in the seventh. So that would mean no fifth and no sixth. So they have no first, no third. No fifth and no sixth round pick. And they picked 250, number 250 in the seventh round. This is not good. This is not good at all. 
you know, you can say, well, they were 12 and four. They don't need that much. Yeah, they do. Because everybody else in their division is going to get better. Everybody. And with that few draft picks, unless they're able to swing some big time free agent deals, they're not going to get much better when everybody else does. Everybody else is taking a big step forward. They might take a little step, if that. This could be trouble for the Seahawks. I think the Rams smell blood in the water. The Cardinals smell blood in the water. You guys need to take advantage. This is this is your year, bro. You have to win your division and get yourself ready. Get your first round by. Do all you got to do to set yourself up for a playoff run. Because this is the year. Well, Ben... I hear you, but let, let me add some insult to injury for the Seahawks because they have three picks, but the team that won the Super Bowl has eight. <laughs> right. <laughs> the well, Tampa Buccaneers at 11 and five with eight picks. Now they picked last overall in the first round, number 32. Okay. Same in the second, pretty much same in the third, but they have a pick in each round and they have two in the seventh. Uh, let me say this real quick. And it's funny stuff pops into my head. It's not like I dwell on it or anything, but stuff pops into my head. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers finished the regular season at 11 and five. That means they went in as a wild card. Is that correct? Uh, pretty close to it. I know they had to beat Green Bay. They had to beat the Saints. Right. But they won the Super Bowl. You know why they won the Super Bowl? For the same reason that the Giants twice beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. They peaked at the right time. It happens. They peaked at the right time. So now they have a draft that looks right for a 10 and 6, 11 and 5 team, but they got rings on top of it. <laughs> Again, I'm going to use the phrase sitting pretty. Tampa, Bay's, Tampa Bay is right. Got the entire offense back almost 100%. They work on their D. And their D is already young. Their secondary is already young. I don't think anybody in their secondary is 25 or older. Wow. That's scary. <laughs> That's scary. And then we have our lady, Miss Davidson, doing the uh, the forecast. Excuse me, the forecasting and things of that nature that we oh, talked about God. in the previous show. He's in her glory right now. Capologist, attorney, economics. Right. <laughs> so they're Super Bowl champions. They're set up nice for the draft. They got the number one capologist in the world. Who brought <laughs> who pretty much brought everybody back. And now the only we're wondering if the only reason they didn't bring uh a Brown back was because they're holding a the place for um was it Edelman? They're not holding no place. For <laughs> Stop that. We'll start no rumors. <laughs> He's done. All right. <laughs> anyway, let's look at the Tennessee Titans. Another team I kind of like. Oh, look at this. So they finished 11 and 5, and they got bumped in the playoffs. So their draft looks normal for a team to finish the way that they finished. I'd say they're in pretty good shape. Multiple picks in the sixth. Uh, oh, excuse me. 
two picks in the third, 85th and 100th. That's not bad. They have, here's a team, and I don't know if it's because I just watched them a lot and I kind of had some of their guys in fantasy, but they have real specific needs. Their draft is set up for them to fill those very specific needs. Um, I think Tennessee's going to do well this year uh, as long as, you know, they, they get the guys that they want, coach them up and, and bring them in. I think they get a couple of star players out of this draft. They'll be right back up there, right back up there. Tannehill's still young. He's still improving. You got Derrick Henry. You got A.J. Brown. They got to get receiver. They got to get a receiver. They got to get a tight end, and they got to work on their defense, and they'll be fine. All right. That sounds great. That sounds great. Okay. Well, there's only one team left. One team. And they won the NFC least last year. And they have eight picks. The Washington football team is going to pick number 19th overall in the first round, number 51 in the second. They have two, including one from my Niners in the third. One in the fourth, one in the fifth, and two in the seventh. So they're missing out on the sixth round. Right. So they missed the sixth round, but they got two in the seventh. So it's not that big a deal. Uh, they got the 19th pick overall. They got a hit on that one. They got the number 51 overall. It'd be good if they hit on that one, too. Um, two in the third, if one of those guys turns out to be at least a starter. I mean, off the top of my head, if somebody twisted my arm right now and said, who's going to win the NFC East, I would probably say the Cowboys. That's because Dak is back. But Washington proved that their defense is extremely formidable as it is right now. So, <laughs> you know, all they got to do is figure out their quarterback situation between Heineke and Fitzpatrick, they got a running game. Um, they need they need at least one more really good receiver. Um, wow. And a receiver rich year. I, exactly. That, that Washington is not far off from being really good. I, I, yeah, if you twist my arm right now, I would say it's a toss-up between Washington and Dallas to win the division with the Giants and the Eagles bringing up the rear. All right, there you go. All right, well, hey, that was kind of a surprise. Yeah, you know, a, a lot came out of just kind of looking at the total number of draft picks, who has what, where. We, we saw a few things that surprised us in that uh, in that rundown right there. So uh, that was fun. Anybody who really wants to get encyclopedic knowledge of football just needs to follow along with Ben and Barry on football because we're going to bring you all of that good stuff where you'll have an idea and you can see kind of the bigger picture in this. So that's, again, Ben and Barry on football at www.benandbarryonfootball.com. All right, Ben. There was an award given out that is a little unusual. I was not familiar with this award, 
But it came up and I, I decided we had to share this. The Arizona Cardinals, their trade for DeAndre Hopkins was the Sloan Analytics Transaction of the Year. <laughs> Wait. <coughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Give, give me some more. <laughs> I'll just read it as they made their statement. The Arizona Cardinals acquisition of all pro wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins has received the Alpha Award for, quote, best sports transaction of the year from the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference. In March of last year, the Cardinals agreed to a trade with the Houston Texans that bought Hopkins and a 2020 fourth round pick to Arizona in exchange for running back David Johnson, a 2020 second round pick, and a 2021 fourth round pick. During his first season with the Cardinals, Hopkins was voted to his fifth Pro Bowl, earned second team All-Pro honors, and established a single season franchise record with 115 receptions. That's called value for your money there. Absolutely. He tied for second in the NFL in both catches and 100-yard games. He had seven of them, while his 1,407-yard receiving yards ranked third in the NFL last season. And his game-winning TD catch in the closing seconds against Buffalo, the unforgettable Hale Murray play, was also selected as the 2020 Bridgestone Clutch Performance Play of the Year at the NFL Honors. So. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. <clears throat> he deserves an award. He deserves an award. And the Cardinals deserve an award for pulling off that trade for what they gave away and what that one player gave them. Absolutely. Yeah. That was, that's, that's gotta be the biggest deal, the most fruitful uh, deal of, of the 2020 season. I would agree. Ben, it, in, in the award show world, isn't there like an award for like the worst movie? Like they have the, the Oscars or whatever for like the best movie. Yeah. There's some award that they give out and you see it on the news every once in a while. And I don't know if they give somebody a lemon or whatever for like the worst movie. But if there's an award for the best trade of the year, what award do they give the Houston Texans? <laughs> well, I don't think it would be fair to give them the worst trade because they got multiple picks and a player that they thought was going to help their their offense. Uh, I thought he was too. I didn't know the guy was going to go belly up. Johnson, Johnson, Man, it's unbelievable. This guy was a one-hit wonder. But you don't know he's a one-hit wonder until he can't put another hit out, you know? And he hasn't been able to do it. And at this point in his career, I don't think he can recover. This guy might be out of the league in a year or two. So in that respect, 
they kind of got fleeced, but they got multiple draft picks off out of it. And if they make those work, then it was a successful trade for them. Well, okay. You know, Benny, what you were saying is absolutely correct. Um, if it works out for them that we, we both knew that, um, there, that, that running back trade from the Cardinals that he had a history of injury. So that, that was a questionable pick there, you know, in terms of knowing that he was going to be there. We knew he was talented. We knew, you know, he could do all of the things that you want him to do, but he just, that availability thing was, was, was problematic. So, all right. I was, I was, I was being me, but it seemed like an obvious point. <laughs> also, it'd be different if, if they got DeAndre Hopkins for a, a fifth round pick in 2027. Then, then I, then I would say, damn, I got burned. But they got good capital for him. They still have to make it work. Lastly, I'll mention that there was a word used in that award or given by people who do analytics. Yes. So this is a this is that group in the background crunching those numbers. Yes. We're thinking about them in terms of which play that they're going to pick, but they're crunching those numbers in terms of looking at the picks, valuing them, things of that nature, you know. Also, the other thing that that kind of was I thought was just caught my ear. I was like, wait a minute. Nuke was second string all pro. <laughs> yeah, that's something. <laughs> you know? So I think Devontae Adams and uh, what's the uh, young man from Kansas City that's super fast? Yeah, well, you got Devontae, you got Tyreek, you got St uh, Stephon Diggs. Yeah. You up, man. They blew yeah. Up. yeah, it's tough, man. When, when Nuke is second string, all pro. <laughs> Them other guys are some bad boys. You had 115 catches, man. That's that's tremendous. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. Nina mentioned this at the beginning of the show, and I wanted to share it because we do this show, Ben, because we have a love of football. We always mention that you're a Giants fan. I'm a Niner fan. Nina was a Steelers fan <laughs> and an Ohio State fan. Um, but at least we know, and in, in you're in my case, number one, we're football fans, and it's the joy of football. We were running back, so we knew the joy of a breakaway touchdown. You might, you might have broke away a lot more than I did <laughs> back in the day, but I did break away once or twice in my life. But let's show this video here. And again, this is your purview, flag right here and we got the ladies showing up for flag can you see that okay yes i can well let's watch it nice look at that look look at that face <laughs> yeah i'm good i'm good i'm good i'm good <laughs> yeah I'm now it looks like she's a quarterback we didn't see her take the snap, but she, when she had the ball in her hand and the video started, it looks like she took a quick look downfield and was like, uh-oh, I seen green grass and took off. And once she took off, she had to make a couple of moves, 
she made them. That last person missed the flag. They should have made the pull. But that one person that she gave him the dead leg, oh, they got juked. <laughs> she just gave him the dead leg. She just like she just like dropped her hips down, and they were like, "Huh?" And then she she has some quickness. But look, Ben, that's what I'm talking about. That's what you call the joy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. the joy, man. When you break that thing off and go all the way, shoo. No feeling like it. Yeah. What was your, do you remember a run of yours in your either high school days or, or something like that that you could point back to and say, man? Uh, well, you got to remember, man, I'm, I'm pretty old. So we ran the power eye, which meant that I was like a wing back slash four back slash not, no, I wasn't even four back. I was, the, I was the, I was the two back. So in a power eye, you have the one back who's the full back, the two back who's the guy that's kind of next to the full back, and then the four back who is the real running back, the, the star back. So um, I didn't get a lot of running plays. I usually was either blocking or I would flank out to the wing or out wide. So I didn't have a lot of I didn't have a lot of big runs. I, I had a few five, 10 yarders, a 10 yard. If I got a first down, that's a big run for me. <laughs> I was, I was more of a receiver on a run centric team. So I didn't have a whole lot to brag about from high school. Yeah. Man, those Philadelphia high school days, everybody's running the ball. No doubt about it, man. That was, that's what you did back then. Yeah. She's talking wing tees and all of that kind of good stuff, man. I probably had my best run in practice. <laughs> Oh yeah, I had some runs in practice. <laughs> I also got pretty lit up in practice. Oh goodness. Oh, I got lit. My worst hits were in practice. Oh my God. I never got lit up in a game. <laughs> I got lit in practice. Oh man. I got one one of our players, one of our players um was actually uh he he, he was playing offensive line in high school, but he was actually a high hurdler who ran in the um, what's the uh, 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 the games we have in West Philly every year? What the pen relays? The pen relays. Okay. So he's a pen relay high hurdler who was playing like pulling guard. Yeah. And we, we were in practice one time, man, and I'm I'm bearing down on the on the uh, runner, and he's leading the block, and he turned and looked and saw and just turned and. Next thing I know, I'm flying up in the air. <laughs> I'm airborne. <laughs> it was crazy. So, yeah, that was in the good old days of Cardinal Doherty High School football there. So, yeah, we I've taken some of those hits also, man. But, yeah, she just looked so happy. And, you know, she was – she dipped that – like you said, she dipped that hip and was out, man. And she just had a look on her face when she was crossing the line like, yeah. I got this. <laughs> I got this. So I thought that was great. All right. That's all I got. What do you have? All I got is go nose. Go nose. <laughs>